0: Good morning and welcome to the manual. It is a sad day. I had a couple of topics today that I wanted to discuss, but I have to kind of put those on a back burner to do yet again another memorial for the war that we're fighting that we don't even know that we're in this war. I used to say that big brothers watching the videos of these events that unfold in society at large were an intrusion on our privacy. Always felt that everything does not need to be recorded. We live in a society where someone doesn't try to help you. It's the cameras out, rolling action when things are unfolding. We are thankful for video surveillance that we are buying our own surveillance in some cases that I Mentioned on season one with a good friend on a great episode. And the thing is, is that even with the amount of surveillance, even with the amount of scrutiny and the eyes are all watching, we are still seeing a trend in America. We are still seeing our people, male and female, young and old, taken out. It's hard not to get emotional about this. It's hard not to feel any kind of way about this. But unless you are black in America, you would not understand what I'm saying to you. Whether you're sitting in your apartment making dinner and someone mistakenly comes into your home and shoots you dead. Or you're playing outside with a toy gun, as we all did as kids, cops and robbers whatever you want to do. If you're accused of selling illegal contraband and merchandise on the streets and you're telling the officers that you cannot breathe. If you're jogging through a neighborhood and you are killed for that. If you're Sandra Bland who mysteriously dies in custody how many how many people i mentioned to you guys before after the civil war ended reconstruction was one of the worst times in the history of this country for black america because there were mass lynchings there were mass murders that to this day many many upon many or were never solved, were never prosecuted, even, even arrests made. And we are seeing, now we are seeing video evidence of things. We've, we saw years ago a man running for his life and shot in the back, and in the police report falsified. How many? How many will it be? I'm not only afraid for myself, I'm afraid for my nephews. I'm afraid for my nieces. I'm afraid for my grandchildren, my daughter, my mother, my brother. I'm afraid for cousins. I'm afraid for you. And I don't even know you. I'm afraid for you. This is absolutely insane. This is absolutely insane that this happens and now we're, we're having video surveillance of these things happening, and nothing seems to shock us anymore. It was hard for me to watch uh, about a month ago videos of Mr. Arbery being shot and killed. But watching the video of, of, of Mr. George Lloyd, who was begging for assistance for nine minutes, guys, I. I set my timer for nine minutes, someone putting their weight on your, on the back of your neck. These four officers of the Minnesota Police Department are fucking cowards. They are cowards. We all see the videos, we all hear the rhetoric about, oh, well, there's minutes before the cameras were rolling of things happening and, you know, what you didn't see what transpired prior to the arrest being made and all that bullshit. Okay. Fair argument. Fair argument. But my rebuttal would be, once you have subdued said suspect, someone is, someone is down on the ground, hands behind their back, cuffed, what more of a threat can they be at that point? What more of a threat can they be with with other officers around you, mind you, probably weapons drawn? How much more of a threat is that? And you got the audacity to look into the into someone's camera as you're kneeling on this man. And what makes me even more 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 angry is the fact that the other officer, you fat fuck, standing there looking around like you don't even see this happening. You don't even hear this man's plea like he's a human being, like he's a human being. You guys are in the public trust to protect and serve. And I have friends that are cops. I have family that are cops. But this is absolutely insane. This is a war that we're fighting that I don't even know that we're in this war. We don't even realize we're in this war. This is a war. I mentioned previously that every black person in America should have a, we should have a super fund. Everyone gives a dollar, a hard-earned dollar to our super fund. So if the next time one of these happens, because it's going to keep happening, it's not going to stop. That we have a defense fund ready to pay any lawyer. I don't care what color they are. We want the best of the best of the best. If you're worried about your retainer, no problem. It is handled. This has to stop. How many times are we going to have to say this? How many times are we going to have to march? How many times are we going to have to protest? It goes back to what we were talking about with Colin Kaepernick. So all the Jay-Z's of the fucking world, you fucking dumbasses that try to push this aside, push this whatever agenda. The man was trying to bring spotlight on what's happening. We live under the guise that this is a perfect society. This is a great place. It's great in moments, as my cousin eloquently put it, "Black people get America light. We don't get we don't get the, the the full, of it. We get the light version. If America was a beer, we have light beer, guys. We have light beer. I cannot imagine what this young man's family. He's about my age." I could not imagine this, this man's family watching that video. Same as I couldn't imagine Mr. Arby's family watching that video. Or Eric Garner's family watching that video. Or Tamir Rice's family watching that video. Or Sarah Bland's family watching her video of her arrest. But if you're black in America... This is something that you're used to. I don't care where you live. I don't care what economic, economic status, past you come from or have. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. We'll see what happens to this. Get, oh, they got fired. Oh, whoop de doo They got fired. How about charges? How about, how about arrest for this? 'Cause obviously murder. When Dylan Roof shot up that church, he was afforded the opportunity to get something to eat before taking into custody, before taking it to the police station. They stopped and got him something to eat. Mr. Lloyd was asking for water because he, he just he just couldn't take it. we have more respect for animals in this country than we do for black lives and when i say black lives i'm not talking about only black men let me recant if you're not white if you're not white because i've seen tons of videos of black and brown being abused by police this is not the this is not the platform this is not the the energy I wanted today for a podcast. I I took a couple of days off, let you guys have a couple of days off from hearing my voice to kind of, you know, reset. I had some things that I had to kind of take care of. So I knew that I will be coming back with some great topics, some great things to talk about. But then I have to talk about this. This is like insane to me. I have to talk about this. When I was 18, attending college, Went to college in a small uh, small town in New Jersey. Uh, when I say small, I'm not talking tiny because I, I come from a small town in New Jersey. But Teaneck, New Jersey, where FDU is, Philly Dickinson University. That's where I attended college. And the only thing I knew about Teaneck prior to going to Teaneck, New Jersey, because at that, at that moment in my life, at 18, I had never really been out of is County. This is Bergen County. that I went to school in. And the uh, only thing I knew about Teaneck was that a guy named Philip Purnell, a young teenager, was murdered a year prior to me arriving in Teaneck for school. Philip Purnell, you could Google this now. He was an unarmed black teenager running away from police. I, don't, I can't remember the logistics of the story now because it's been, God, it's been over almost 30 years. Um, this happened in 1991, so a year before I went to college. 1992 is when I went to college. 1991, and he's running away from police for whatever, whatever the reason was, and he was shot in the back a couple of times, and he was, he was killed. It's the only thing I knew about Tina. That's the only thing I knew about this town. And it's unfair for me to judge the town prior to going there without knowing. Teaneck is a very affluent town. It's in an affluent county in uh, New Jersey. Um, and it is a, um, for lack of it, it's a, it's a Jewish town for the most part. But a lot of prominent people live in Teaneck or lived in Teaneck. I ended up having to go back to that area um, years later to manage a property when I was a property manager to kind of live there again and I had a different feel at that point. It wasn't like it was when I went there for school. And that was about maybe eight years ago, nine years ago. Oh, my, 10. Because I've been down here 10 years. 10, yes, 10. 10 years ago. It was when I last been to that area. Now, The thing about what I'm about to tell you is something that happened to me personally. Uh, One of many times of things that happened to me through my teenage years up until adulthood. The last few years have been relatively quiet in this regard. But I was coming from a class. I was an engineering major. I wanted to be an architect and engineer like my dad. Coming from class, a uh, very filled class, I would say about 40 to 50 people in this class. And I, I think I had a presentation that day. So I was in class. Coming from class, I was going to meet some friends uh, at a place called Jeepers. If you guys are anyone from FDU listening, you know what I'm talking about. I was going to Jeepers. It's like the pit that was on like Different World. if you know what Different World is for my other listeners, it's a, very, it's a hangout spot. It's a, it's a very hip, kind of cool place to hang out. So I was meeting them for lunch, um, actually a late lunch. So heading across the quad, heading across campus, coming out of his class, engineering class. And I had my Walkman in. This is how old this is. Walkman. My Walkman in. And all I can remember is the violent tackle from the back. And I'm hitting the concrete, face almost face down. I turned the side of my head, and I hit the side of my face. Um, probably had a concussion. Didn't even know. Hit the ground. This cop's full weight was on my on my back. I'm wearing a book bag. My Walkman gets crushed under me into my hip. Uh, I'm being told. To show my hands. And my hands are pinned under me. Show my hands. Show my hands. Show my hands. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm trying to make sense of what's going on. I'm I'm really trying to make sense of what's going on. Because I just came from it. I just walked out of a class maybe eight minutes ago. I'm on the ground. And um, sorry if I get emotional because I'm reliving this thing. Like it just happened. And it, this happened in 1992. So... They get me to my knees, and my book bag is ripped off of my shoulders, ripped off my back, and my books are being flung out onto the pavement. Now, at this point, people are passing by, students, faculty probably, I don't even know. They're passing by, and they're looking at onlookers. This is before someone can videotape something, so people are just looking to see what's going on. Some people knew me. Some people didn't. You know, I was a freshman and I am being told to give up the weapon. Give me the weapon. Give me the weapon. Give me the weapon. Where's the fucking weapon? And I'm like, what? What? Like, what's going on? Like, what did I do? And as I'm being asked questions, another police officer is telling me, shut the fuck up. Okay. So now I'm coming around from the haze, the fog of war, so to speak. I'm like, what's going on? and then I am being handcuffed. I'm being handcuffed. And at this point, not fear yet, just utter confusion as to why i am, am I being arrested? Or what did I do? Cop tells me, get in the car. So, Uh, These were um, two detectives, I assume. I found out later. They they were two detectives. And then I saw a... They were in an unmarked unmarked car. And then I saw a uh, marked police car pull around. Uh, I guess they were on campus looking for someone. So they finally made their way to the arrest scene. So now I'm in the back of the car. My books are strewn across the quad. Uh, I think I see one of my sweet mates that I lived with just looking. And all I could say is go to the room call my um call my dad call my dad call my dad mind you this is when you know everyone had house phones we had a house phone in our I'm sorry a landline call it a house phone a landline in our room and he was like what's the number what's the number And I said like, just just um hit redial cuz it was the last call that I made so I'm like hit redial and just keep calling the house so we drive off campus now at this time, I don't remember any campus police being present at all. I don't remember that at all. I just remember these police were on, on private property, so to speak, uh, doing that. So, long story long, I won't keep you in, in 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 this situation. We're driving, and I said, "Sir, what did I do?" And one of the guys says, "You're being taken in for armed robbery." Now I, I never got read my Miranda rights ever at this point i'm just being told that i'm i'm being picked up on armed robbery not the assumption of armed robbery not that we think you did it it's like we, we know you did it we got our guy so in a situation where it was escalating fast call comes over the radio and says hey can you can you bring the guy you guys have to pathmark which is a supermarket in new jersey I think they've recently closed them and they said can you bring can you bring him so we can have one of the people at the store ID him now I don't know you know if this is procedure I don't know if this is something that should have happened at the station or right now but it's it's kind of a is kind of a situation now that is that is now brewing. So I am brought I'm being brought to the station call comes in and says bring the guy in so i come around within three seconds of me pulling up the clerk i think he was in a pharmacy because he had one of those white coats on um it might have been in meats who knows now thinking about it i don't know what department this guy worked in he just looked at me and says yeah that's the guy that's the guy that's the guy and i'm like what like that's the guy and i'm like oh wow okay i'm like hey guys um I didn't do this. I just came from class. If you guys can check with the class, check with the professor. Boom. Armed robbery. Now we we're leaving the pathmark and we're heading to TNX police station. Two minutes into this car ride now. I am I don't know if you have if you've ever been in the back of a police car. It's probably the most uncomfortable positions you can be in. That's why I'm surprised at how people can kick out this, windows and things of that nature because you have to literally be on your back laying across the back seat if you're trying to sit your knees are, or or de- it's designed for your knees to be up against you so there's no if you're handcuffed there's no way to move around there's no way to move around call comes over hey the guys you have is not the guy we picked up the guy over the hackensack bridge going into hackensack hackensack is an adjacent town and before I could say, I told you guys I didn't do this. There's like, hey kid, no hard, no hard feelings. Sorry about what happened. They pull over. We're about maybe half a mile, mile from the school at this point. They pull over. They open up the doors. They uncuff me. The guy actually dusts me off, like dust me off, pats me down, dust me off, and says, "You okay? Sorry about that. But we we we're, we were looking for an armed robber. Um, guy came in there with a gun, and we just had to get you know." Get get see who did this. I'm looking at this dude like I look like a student. <laughs> I don't look like a suspect. I look like a student. Now, up until this point, I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. You know, it's, it's a fairly urban town. I've had my little run-ins with the law, you know, but I would say those run-ins were a little different because um, although East Orange is small, it's kind of big. the neighbors a lot of big cities. And the thing about the thing about that is what people always say is that the police are people that work and live in the township that they police. So a lot of the cops you got to know them at some point or know somebody on the force. Um, you also either played football in some of the um, in some of the uh, camps that they ran. Some of the P. PA- I actually boxed for the PAL at one point. I was involved in in a couple of things so you know my interactions with police were positive and negative depending on how old I got uh as a kid very positive as a teenager not so much and then as a young adult it, it kind of got me to a point where I got some real reality checks and balances so anyway I was told that no hard feelings. Now, my dad and my mom arrived shortly after I got back to campus to see if how their son was doing. It was pretty shaken up. But I think I was more embarrassed than anything, to believe it, to believe that or not. I was more embarrassed that a lot of people that did not know me um, got to see me in that situation and thought I did something wrong. No one knew what happened in the car, how I felt. What I was going through, no one knew. All they knew was, oh, they arrested this guy on campus. He probably did something wrong. And although, although that was so long ago, I can still taste the concrete. I can still feel that fear. I can still feel how cold and how tight the handcuffs were. I can also still remember just being told to shut the fuck up, to be quiet. And all I wanted to do was just tell these officers that I didn't do anything wrong. And this is before social media. This is before camera phones. This is before all that kind of stuff. Fast forward now into the future. If we didn't see video of Mr. L- Mr. Lloyd being subdued, there would have been a different story in that police report very different story diff- very different tale spun that he was he was uh you know he was resisting arrest and that one always kills me we see it all the time on these videos where you're down on the ground six cops on you you know you're obviously in a position where you cannot move anymore you can't do anything and they're telling you stop resisting stop resisting you're like this person's not even moving they're on the ground they're not even moving They have three people surrounding them, one or two people on them, and then another cluster of people around them, but they're still a threat. They're still a threat. This is a war we're fighting that We don't even know that we're in this war. I'm running out of words. I'm running out of superlatives. I'm running out of answers. I don't know what else has to be done. What deterrent has to be put up? I don't know. And what you never see is black police or or brown police, and I'm pretty sure it happens. You know, there's cases of abuse rampant, but you never see the to this level. You never see those cases to this level. You never see. You might have someone that's that's. Uh, filing a report against an officer that slapped them or grabbed them the wrong way or, or was just disrespectful and rude to them and stuff like that. Because our taxes literally pay these salaries to these townships for police. But you never, you never see this. You never see to this level, to this magnitude, you never see these, those type of police officers involved in these type of situations from the Michael Browns. You know, I I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I I hate making these video. Um, sorry, these these talks. I hate having these talks with friends and family. You know, now I got a podcast. I can talk about it, but I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about things like this. Not because I don't think they're important. I think they're deadly important. But it's just that it this consumes a lot of air. This this is this is taking the wind out of us. Because, how many more times do we have to endure this? How many more times do we have to see this? This is, we're moving backwards, people. We're moving in, in reverse. We're heading, it's 2020, and we're still having these issues. We are not giving a fair shake when it comes to justice. The justice system fails us once we get to court, but we're not even getting to court now. We're not even getting our day in court. We're not getting that. You know, a couple of uh, friends and I were talking um, and then I was talking to my cousin about this um, where, you know, you have to now teach people about dealing with police. You have to teach people how to conduct themselves. Don't play lawyer. Don't do this. You know, try to make it to the police station. Try to make it in. Because we cannot do that. I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was in Oregon or Montana, one of those places that it was a government it was government land captured by a militia, a militia. These guys were armed to the teeth. Police are talking to them on the side of the road. These dudes have AR-15s and M4s. Those are high-grade assault rifles. Some of them pointed at the police, and no incidents, no issues, no problems, no arrests. They were they were being told they have a right as citizens of of the United States of America to occupy any land that they seem fit and seized by the people. Because the government is for the people, of the people. Let me try that type of shit and see what happens. It doesn't it doesn't affect you unless it hits close to home. But these are things that are connecting black people because it doesn't matter if you're close to home to it or not. You you deal with it on some level. You've dealt with it on some level. You will deal with it on some level. This is how it is. This this is how how we're being preconditioned. This is how we're being taught. And the thing that I can't understand with the gang culture, because police is also gang culture, some of them, but with the gang culture is that you, you guys go out and gang bang or whatever the fuck y'all call it. You guys go out and do this crazy shit in your neighbor, in your own neighborhoods. But then when police come in your neighborhoods, it's, you're, you're quiet. Your guns are down. You don't do shit. The Black Panthers didn't have that. The Black Panthers police their own neighborhoods. They, the Black Panthers did not call police. And when police came in, they were told to get out of here. We don't need you. We're not having it. But these so-called gangsters and these tough guys and all this shit—people come in your neighborhoods and do whatever—and I don't, and I don't see nothing to being being done about that. But you calling yourself a gangster? You calling yourself this? Calling yourself that? It's a real sad time in America, man. It's a real sad time, and you know. I love this country. I love living in this country, but I can't. I can't love this. I can't love dealing with this. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. And until we we can all unite, we 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 can't beat this. It's gonna keep happening. It's gonna keep happening. I'm sorry I took your time up doing this one today, but. I had to say something. Uh, Mr. George Lloyd, you did not deserve that. May you rest in peace. May your family find some solace and some remnants of justice for what happened to you. For the police officers that, that did this and stood by as this was being done, I hope you have your day in court. And I hope you are judged. That that did not need to happen. And again, I, I always say this to the naysayers who's, who will tell me, well, you didn't see what happened prior to them. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because once the suspect is subdued, once they're on the ground, once they're in in, in, in custody, quote air quotes, then there is no other force needed him kneeling him kneeling on his on his neck that's deadly force guys anyone that has taken any kind of combat sports raise my hand here that's a a hold to keep you down now mind you you're not going to be able to handcuff your opponent keep him on the ground but if you are that if you have the weight of your entire body on someone like that you're winning you're winning you're winning I hope we get some traction on this. I hope that there's more to come. I would not try to make this podcast be about somber tones. I would try to have some some good things to talk about. But unfortunately, this is what we have to talk about. Thank you for choosing the manual. And I hope you have a great day.